This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. So as for the performances, the final score, Maidenhead United 2, Wrexham 2. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm not sure how I ought to feel about it. I mean, both sides really should have won it. First half was horrible for Wrexham and the game could have been over by half-time. Second half, well, we made more than enough chances to win it and it was a little disappointing that maybe certain little things didn't happen sooner or didn't go our way. That's not a complaint at all. But uh, yeah, it was a strange one, that, wasn't it? A real strange one. Wrexham making four changes from the game on Saturday, which I, I think is quite understandable. I know there's been some attention to the fact that Keats changed the team around a bit. Um, I, I understand the changes personally. If we just go through them, though, let's, let's, let's weigh them up. Hall Johnson out, Tyler French in. Well, you know, to be fair, Hall Johnson does seem sometimes to have a problem with getting two games in in a week, and this was two games in three days, so... You know, I suspect that's wise to, to rest him up. I don't see any issue with that. They also the change at left wing back, uh, Jamie Record fit again, coming back in for Cameron Green. I thought Green did very well in his debut, but Record is our first choice left wing back and has had a very good season. So I think those two are non-controversial. The other two, Harris being rested and Paul Rutherford coming in, well, the consensus before the game on Saturday was that Rutherford's unlucky to lose his place because that midfield of young Rutherford and Davis have been looking very fluent and effective, especially in away games. Having said that, I think you want to get Jay Harris back into the team. He's absolutely crucial to the side. Um, but he took a bit of a battering on Saturday. And I've got to be honest, I was saying in the commentary on Saturday, I bet we'll rest him on Monday, because, you know, two games in three days again, and he took a bit of a kicking in the first game. Maybe makes sense not to risk him too much, especially when Rutherford, Davis and Young, as I said, make us more fluid and counter-attacking away from home. The other change was Dior Angus going to the bench and Chris Sang starting. Now, that might have looked maybe like the most surprising one in a way, but um, I've got to say as well, Sang has shown something in the little chances he'd had before this game, what he could do. And Angus, well, I know that having not played that much football before he signed for us, I think there was a concern within the club, well, there was, that we, he's going to get tired out. He will need a rest at some point. And he did look very tired, I thought, in a lot of, at the last 20 minutes he was on the pitch on Saturday. So, yeah, this felt like maybe the time to refresh. The problem, well... <laughs> is that we lost the toss because there was a howling gale down the pitch. It seemed to be going pretty much from one end to the other. And there was a big advantage to be playing with the wind. And Maidenhead chose to do so in the first half. And this was an, an issue for us. Um, I'm saying that's the problem um, because our midfield, that fluid counter-attacking midfield, is probably going to enjoy playing with the wind and tearing forwards more than having to dig in. And, and it must be said, in the first half, uh, despite a terrific opening, we were poor and were perhaps a little lucky to be 2-0 down at the break. But like I said, we started very well. Just the second minute, Sang on the right-hand side, getting a cross into the near post. The keeper Lovell, it didn't look all that convincing. It was beaten to it by Omatayo. Unluckily for Wrexham, the ball bounced loose and Manny Parry was the first to get to it to sweep it away from underneath his crossbar. 
And then soon afterwards, another opportunity. A free kick from midfield. Swung in. The keeper came for it. Omatayo beat him to it. And the ball was headed off the line by Massey, the maidenhead skipper. Rutherford did well to get the ball back in. And Sean Pearson met it with an excellent volley. About 10 yards out. And unluckily for Wrexham, a defender managed to get a foot to it and slice it away, standing in front of the keeper. So, first six or seven minutes... A bit like the Notts County game, a very fast start by Wrexham. But then Maidenhead started to get the ball and move it around a bit better and gain some equilibrium and then the 15th minute came a disaster. Although I have to say, depending on which way you look at it, it's a disaster or, frankly, utter genius. The sort of goal that when you let it in, it's a punch in the guts and it did massively turn things around and the momentum of the half. The ball in midfield, uh, the maidenhead wide man Barrett gets there in his own half. He clearly has in his mind exactly what he wants to do, whether he thinks I'm wind assisted or whether he thinks he's seen Lington off his line earlier. But he takes one touch to tee himself up and he nails a shot from inside his own half that soars over Lington to give Maidenhead the lead. An utterly brilliant goal and Wrexham were behind. And although we did create a chance when Omatayo did well oh beg your pardon on the right hand side the box squaring it for Davis who hit the ball with his weaker right foot it looked like it was going in the corner though but a defender got a block on apart from that we really toiled till the very end of the half Maidenhead started to really cause us issues an excellent diagonal um, picked out Orsi from Shackleford and he pulled the ball back for Coley who was looking dangerous down the flank. He twisted inside and hit a lovely curling shot. Now, it actually was pretty central, but I think Lainton was unsighted because Rutherford was tight to Coley. Pearson was in line with him. There was actually a maidenhead player making the run behind Pearson. And so Lainton seemed to be committed to his left. The shot went more in central, and Lainton did well to readjust. It looked ugly, but it was effective. An awkward parry to push the ball clear. You could do nothing, though, in the 32nd minute when we let in a goal, which really was massively, massively disappointing. Cowley getting the ball on the edge of his penalty area, literally on the edge of his penalty area, and running unchallenged through the middle of the pitch to the edge of our penalty area isn't acceptable. And like I say, that's where you think about Jay Harris, a player who will make it difficult for you to run right through the middle of us. He laid it off and it wasn't the best pass, but unfortunately Tyler French took a swipe at it with his weaker foot and just spooned it up in the air. And, well, then Wrexham's defence for some reason just froze, allowing Conley to run at it and just blast the volley into the net. A nice finish, but hideous defending by Wrexham. We could have gone further ahead as well. Coley on the left-hand side rather easily beating French and Kelleher, driving the ball into the goal. Mark Vassell lunging and did really well to clear it from underneath his bar as upwards was lurking for a tap-in. And then the corner caused problems. Comley sweeping it in. The wind held it up. It looked like it was going for the far post. That was where it was aimed for. But suddenly dropped out of the sky and was dropping centrally. And again, Lainton did well to adjust his body, stretch over some players and punch it clear. To be fair to Wrexham, they did find a bit of rhythm at the end of the half, no doubt wanting to get a goal back before they breathed a talk from Dean Keats. Kelleher lofting a free kick up into the box, 
and Davis getting a chance, driving it in with real power from the edge of the area. Well blocked though, and went behind. And in added time, Davis uh, doing well on the left-hand side, feeding Rutherford, who popped it into Young, who hits a first-time shot from 20 yards of his left foot. He is very accurate, isn't he? He tends to hit the target an awful lot from that range. He was going in the bottom left corner. Lovell did well to get down and get a hand to it. So, Wrexham, awful in the first half needed to pick themselves up in the second they did have the win behind them and there was a good early show of content of intent so straight from the kickoff Wrexham won an attacking throw-in when it's thrown into the box Jordan Davis tried to wriggle in between two men and hit the deck six yards out I think it was a decent shout for a penalty to be honest uh, Massey the centre-back and Conley both stretch across him and Conley gets a touch to the ball Massey doesn't He's, he's put his leg straight across Davis as he's running forwards. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd think they're given more often than not. Shame for Rex. And that's what I mean about circumstances not helping sometimes. There were a couple of moments like this where if they'd scored just that little bit earlier, it really would have set them up. As there is, Rex lost a little bit of momentum for about 10 minutes then, but cranked it up around the 55th minute. It started flukily with Tyler French on the right swinging in a corner, which the goalkeeper backpedalling had to push away and not convinced it was going in. Um, but like I said, level seemed a little bit uncertain. Then came another penalty shout immediately. Ball plated into the box. Rutherford sprinting onto it. Conley, I don't think saw him coming, and went to ground. Did Conley get a foot on the ball or not? He certainly seemed to knock Rutherford over, uh, catch him with the challenge. I think he may well have caught a bit of the ball as well. But again, certainly a big penalty shout for Wrexham, and again, not given. But Wrexham maintained the pressure after this one. Records on the right-hand side, sweeping in a cut of free kick. Sang, jumping up ahead of the keeper and heading the ball on target from close range, but it hit his marker and ricocheted over the bar. That was a brief reprieve, though, because from that corner, Young swung the ball in, and again, it was that near post routine. Jordan Davis leaving his man, running towards the ball, and flicking it over the keeper. Lovely looping header, and inside the far post. Almost identical to the goal he scored against Bromley earlier this season. And Wrexham, well, one behind now, with 32 minutes to go, and the momentum. Soon afterwards, had a real chance, a lovely piece of quick thinking by Davis, a quick throw into the box. Rutherford latched onto it, but rather hurried his shot, pulling it a long way wide. Wrexham making changes then. Sang coming off, Angus coming on. It was made there to make the next opportunity, though, when the ball was fed forwards by Co to Coley, who backheeled acutely, Barrett coming inside, drove a powerful shot from about 10 yards out, but Leighton at his near post had the angles covered and was able to parry. Then French again, trying to do a Resol Johnson under fluke across, swinging one in from the right-hand side. This time the keeper seemed to misjudge and miss it. It hit the bar and bounced behind. The ref gave a corner. Doesn't look to me like the keeper got a touch on it. As Wrexham were pushing on, they were leaving some gaps at the back. A fantastic diagonal driven ball by Conley. Picked out Coley, who ran at his man, and then from 20 yards out, pulled his shot off yard wide at the left post. But the Wrexham were really asking questions by now and missed a glorious opportunity of wonderful bit of combination play. Angus and Rutherford combining down the right-hand sides. Rutherford got around the back of the defence, pushed it inside for Angus. He helped her on first time, and Jordan Davis, eight yards out on his own, where well, you really would have thought he was going to score. He hit it, and Parry, who managed to get around the back of the keeper, got a foot to it and poked it away. Great work by Parry. 
brilliant defending. Should have been a goal though, really. And if that had gone in, of course, Wrexham would have had a quarter of an hour plus added time to try and get the winner. Uh, the corner came in and had to be cleared off the line as the keeper misjudged it and jumped into the beat. Beg your pardon. And then a minute later, Young sweeping in the corner and Davis trying that corner yet again, flicking it beyond the far post this time, much to his frustration. But the breakthrough came in the 82nd minute. Davis doing really well in midfield to turn and feed the ball inside. Angus, one-on-one -on -one with the keeper after riding a chance from Shackleford, drilling it into the roof of the net. Eight minutes to get the winner, but actually Wrexham's momentum faded then, frustratingly, and it ended up in a draw. Well, I mean, there were a lot of players who did a lot better in the second half than the first, let's be honest. Rob Lainton will be disappointed with that first goal. I mean, I, I always think that those goals look worse for a goalie than maybe they are. Was Lainton out of position? I wouldn't particularly say so, not when the ball's in the mid-net half. I'm more inclined to say credit to uh, Barrett for being so ingenious and striking the ball so well. Uh, he did struggle a little with the wind in the first half, but having said that, Linton made a couple of decent blocks as well, so I, I don't want to be too harsh on him, I think. The centre-backs, well, I mean, looked a bit unhappy in the first half, and certainly the way that the central defence sort of dissolved when uh, the second goal went in was very alarming, although I've got to say that Pearson, I think, had to step out because Conley was getting a free pass into the box. So I was disappointing to see that. But um, otherwise, second half, they all did pretty well. The wing-backs, French, didn't have the happiest of games, really. I think he is more of a right-sided centre-back than the wing-back. He's, he's shown good signs going forwards. And to be fair, he didn't do badly going forwards. But he had a couple of shaky wounds, of course, at the back, including that bad miss-hit for the, the second goal. On the left-hand side, record was pretty solid. Got forwards well in the second half as well. And, and, and yeah, looks his normal self. Rutherford did well in midfield, I thought. I know he, he was brought off for Harris at the very end, but uh, he, he worked extremely hard. He made some chances. He got in some good attacking areas. Young. Um, I've seen him have more influence on games, I guess. But he was also industrious. And I think I'd go Jordan Davis for man of the match. He didn't do very much in the first half, in all honesty. But in the second half, he scored a goal. And he was in the middle of an awful lot of good moves. He was very threatening. He had one brilliant run down the left channel, which didn't amount to anything in the end, but they were terrified of him. And he played that wonderful assist in for Dior Angus's goal, so he deserves a lot of credit. Up front, um, well, I mean, our tie, he looked very tired. And as the end, game was drawn to a close, but he battled away well against the centre-backs. Sang deserves credit on his debut. He put a couple of decent balls in. He was very eager, very hard-working. Reminded me a bit of Andy Morrell when he first came to the club. You know, before he was getting goals, but he was a shoot a real sort of hard-working attitude. And then, of course, off the bench, Angus came, and Angus did ever so well. Set up that chance to Davis, took the goal as well. It was a weird game. We, like I said, should have lost it and probably should have won it. I guess you take a point from those sort of circumstances, don't you? The final score of Maiden Edge United 2, Wrexham 2. I'm Mark Griffiths from the Wrexham AFC media team. Remember to subscribe, like, click for notifications. Everything that we do helps the football club. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.